Welcome to a special episode of the Cybersecurity Defenders podcast. My name is Christopher Luff. I'm one of the co-founders of Lima Charlie, and I will be your host. On today's episode, we're going to be playing the audio from a panel of experts who will be talking about Lima Charlie's approach to delivering cybersecurity tools and infrastructure, the SecOps Cloud Platform. Today, we're going to be hearing from some well-known cybersecurity leaders and how the SecOps Cloud Platform can benefit enterprise security operations. For those that may not be familiar, the SecOps Cloud Platform is a construct for delivering the core components needed to secure and monitor any given organization. Things like deploying endpoint capabilities through a single agent regardless of the technology, alerting and correlating logs regardless of the source, automating analysis and response regardless of the environment. The SecOps Cloud Platform is an environment where many solutions can exist not as a collection of random tools, but as a series of cybersecurity solutions designed to interoperate in an unopinionated way from the ground up, where powerful systems can be put in place at incredible speeds. An environment fundamentally open through APIs, documentation, integratability, affordability, making it a neutral space for all cybersecurity professionals, whether they're in enterprise, services, or vendors, to build appropriate solutions. And having said that, here is the panel discussion. Hello, and welcome to the enterprise panel discussion around the approach of the SecOps cloud platform and how the approach brings tremendous value to enterprise organizations. My name is Jessica Kreitzer. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Lima Charlie, and I will be moderating the discussion today. With us today, we have Lima Charlie co-founder and CEO, Maxine Lamothe-Brassard, Turngate CEO, and founder, and Shmoo Group founder, Bruce Potter, and the former CISO of JumpCloud and Interpret Security Head of Product, Fred Wilmot, one of the co-founders of the Hershevet Group and principal consultant at Higgins Cybersecurity Consulting, Sean Higgins. Before we jump into it, I just want to thank you all for being here today and, and being able to share your valuable perspectives. Would love to kick off the discussion today with a question. Uh, how does the SecOps Cloud Platform address challenges faced by enterprise organizations in managing their cybersecurity solutions across diverse operating systems, networks, and applications? Well, um, I'll jump in. I, I think that, you know, from an enterprise perspective, uh, you know, anything you can do to simplify uh, your stack and how you integrate in with, with the uh, diversity of operating systems applications that you have, uh, the better off you're going to be. I mean, the reality is every minute that you spend managing that diversity is a minute that takes you kind of off target and away from the actual work of securing your enterprise and finding bad activity and investigating and things of that nature. Um, and so, you know, having the ability to, uh, um, you know, manage that in a, in a kind of consistent way, consistent layer, uh, you know, I think helps keeps teams uh, really on target and, and focused on the, the, the job at hand. Yeah, but I would add to that. I agree with you, Bruce. I think the other part of it is, you know, the constant switching from tool to tool, and each tool has a different way of doing things. And if you can bring it all into one central location, it makes it a lot easier for everybody to get their job done. Fred? Yeah, sorry, Sean. I, I agree with that entirely. And I think part of the, the tool challenge is the switching back and forth. The historical philosophy is that there is a uh, single pane of glass that does the things. But um, obviously, that isn't really a truism 
and everyone tries to arrive there, the value of a of a of a of a sort of way of thinking about a security operations platform is bringing the workflow at least into that sort of philosophy, where you can think about the life cycle of that workflow in one place. I think that's particularly compelling, not just to alleviating the challenges people have with technology, but also what your super talented security guys are doing. So that's probably what I would say when we think about the challenges, you know, my, my biggest cost is people, not software. And so the level of execution there is fundamental. Well, just on that single pane of glass, everybody sells that, but you know, right. not many people achieve that. So getting to that point is where you want to be, not just a fancy glossy saying we are able to do that. I totally agree. And I think there's also a, a hidden part of that value, which is that, you know, it's one thing to have a product and kind of have it ready and it works for a known set of a couple of things here today. But to take into account that, you know, there's new platforms every day, there's new SaaS, there's new things that security needs to, to deal with um, every day. It means that the, um, you know, we need to bake in this concept that, you know, all of this, there's a genericity around all of this and that you kind of design from the, the get go with the assumption that this is just going to be expanding and transforming all the time. You're not just looking at, at a set in stone, you know, single pane of glass kind of thing. Absolutely. I think the, the sorts of roles that people need to perform across a security operations platform, you know, gets broader as well. So, you know, today what we talk about at Secured Operations yesterday was, you know, the entirety of a, you know, enterprise ecosystem, you know, and, and so I think the diversity of skill set and also the complexity of the problem continue to accelerate and how you operate on that type of data also, right, in time it becomes more and more impactful. Yeah, I think, Fred, that's a, a really interesting point that, um, you know, oftentimes I see organizations that have the security operations capability kind of locked into the SOC. And outside of that, no one has any idea how to interact with the tooling, how to handle that goes into and then goes out as kind of thing. Um, and, and the reality is then they develop um, other ways of trying to find that data, other ways of doing kind of, you know, stunt security operations, which is super high friction, often results in kind of strange uh, outcomes. And so being able to uh, uh, facilitate pushing security operations knowledge outside of the SOC and make it a broader function, uh, you know, I think helps, uh, uh, you know, lead to better outcomes, really. Yeah, as well, you know, talking about people trying to do things outside of the SOC, you know, that could lead to holes in your security because they said, let me, I just need this, you know, as opposed to bringing it into one place where it's centrally controlled. You, know, you got all these holes all over the organization because different people have different controls or different tools. Absolutely. Right. Well, that leads me to my next question. Uh, you know, what specific benefits do you see the SecOps cloud platform offering to enterprise organization in terms of uh, scalability and agility? I think, you know, something that was mentioned earlier, this idea of being able to swap out technologies. Um, we oftentimes, I, I think we, we can idealize that and say, oh, we do it for, you know, 
good reasons where there's a new tool with better benefits. But I think the reality is oftentimes uh, and it varies from organization to organization, but there's element technologies that we integrate that just aren't satisfactory. And we're going to go try the next one and hope maybe this one works out okay. Um, and, you know, it, I, I think every CISA that I've talked to has at least some set of their tech stack that they churn almost yearly, right? Where they're like, well, this one didn't work. And then the contract expires. Well, that one didn't work. And you just keep playing that card until you find one that works. And, uh, you know, having the, the ability for that not to be a big catastrophic, um, operational impact and also not to be a gap because whenever you go from one technology to another, you can have like a, a potential material gap in coverage of that control. And so being able to kind of seamlessly, you know, swing one control in and, and another one out, uh, you know, is, is incredible to be able to, to do that in a way that, it, you know, without being brain surgery, like we had to do it before. Oh, also turning up new features because every vendor keeps coming up with new features on their technology. You know, you, 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 it did one thing when you bought it. And now it does five things. You didn't even know all the changes that happened along the way. So being able to seamlessly integrate those into your environment, into your operations will be a great benefit. Yeah. I see a lot of value in security engineering agility. And so things like. Uh, everybody has, you know, uh, we, we do this, right? We have a struggle with this. When we think about integrating with a handful of different technology stacks, how do you make sense of, I need to write a, a specific detection for this platform, right? I need to write a, or I need to integrate this particular piece of intelligence, right? Into my way of doing detection engineering. Okay. Well, with my five platforms, right? I go do this, 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 this. Right. Instead of a consolidated approach on the, on the process. And I really think the other part of it is the life cycle of that. And it's not just how quickly can I create a detection? Uh, we're measured. We're measured on that. I mean, statistically, people talk about that. Right. But does that actually make you less at risk? Does it actually improve your exposure? Arguable. So the life cycle of being able to validate those assertions, I think through a platform is incredibly powerful. I, I think it's really it's really fascinating from my perspective to uh, to hear you know people in the industry talk about scalability in such different ways uh, because you know as an engineer kind of historically first thing that comes to mind with scalability is is you know the the raw you know firepower of like the the iron and the servers kind of thing but it it absolutely is a core to cybersecurity to say you know scalability is really around scaling human operations as well as scaling like the, the raw technical operations. Um, so it, it, it's, it's really interesting to hear about how both of these things, uh, really under the hood do come down to similar, to similar capabilities and this idea of being able to run, uh, you know, many different tools and to kind of scale the operations, uh, across different pointed solutions without having to re-engineer everything, I think is, is the key to cybersecurity operations really performing this concept of like best in breed, right? Of truly being able to leverage those great solutions while not having to just rebuild everything every single year. Yeah. Last time I checked, people don't have the manpower to rebuild things every single year. So this is what the, this is our decay rate, right? That's right. That's right. 
Yeah. So can you guys elaborate on how the open and interoperable nature of the SecOps cloud platform enables an enterprise to be able to create customized and customized combinations of, of cybersecurity solutions and kind of the benefits of that? Yeah, let me put on the CISO app for a second. So vendor lock-in. No, thank you. I really appreciate the ability to operate and interoperate with those pieces. But also, you know, when, when I think about what, uh, for example, we're working on now, we being, you know, my company, the only folks that we really can tie into effectively that build value for the enterprise are people that operate in this capacity. So it's not just the ubiquitous problem for the buyer, right? It's a ubiquitous problem for the ecosystem. And so in order for the really think about what that level of, of consistency can be when you tie into it, it isn't, you can't think about it just as the one thing that I do, right? That, that tells the story whether or not your ecosystem is going to be successful. We just talked about it's impossible for you to rebuild everything every year. So if you can't do that, it's not sustainable. If it's not sustainable, can't bring it in here. Just can't. Yeah, I think that there's a, um, uh, you know, the, 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 you get a little myopic sometimes looking at either the, the input and the detection that's going on around that or the output and the activities that are fed through the operations uh, uh, function in your organization. And there's a lot of power in being able to correlate and pull together disparate data sources, uh, you know, enrich data, recognize that like one you know, audit entry is not necessarily bad, but in combination with 25 things that came from all these different places, it's bad. And on the other end, when it goes to kicking off automation and workflow, like it's not just one thing, it might be 10 things and some are serial and some are parallel and, and, and whatnot. Um, and there's a lot of power in that. And I, I think that as an industry, we've been uh, hamstrung by the tooling we've had historically, which forced us to operate in this kind of FIFO on the way in and on the way out. Um, and, and being able to, you know, bring together all the inputs and the outputs together and harmonize and orchestrate in a, in a, you know, more cohesive way is a more natural way of addressing the threats that we face. Um, and I think ultimately really helps organizations be, be more secure. I think the other side of it though is what are your options? Do you go with a vendor that provides a breadth of solutions for you in one package? And it may not be best of breed in each one of those areas. It may be best at one thing, but they've added all these other things to lock you into them. You know, whereas if you have a good SecOps platform, you can pick the best vendor that works for you for each of those different areas that you want to secure. Yeah. And I mean, I think in, in along that same line, sometimes you end up having two or three vendors that are covering the same area because they don't all cover it as well as you want. And so you end up with two or three solutions all working toward the same goal. And the more that you can cause them to work together in harmony, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's particularly true nowadays where we're seeing pretty big, I, you know, what I would interpret as pretty big movements in the industry where we're really seeing that, you know, not everybody is able to do the same level of security across the board, right? Like smaller organizations, they might require something that is streamlined for them. Um, and to accomplish that, I, I think what we want to avoid is we want to avoid them losing out on uh, some of the sophistication that somebody 
you know, who knows what they're doing with in cybersecurity is able to implement and orchestrate. And I think the only way to go and, and bridge those two ends of the spectrum is by having, uh, things like the cloud platform that, that, uh, enable the, the people that know how to do cybersecurity and the solutions that they build and to offer them, it connects back to the previous topic, but at scale into other smaller organizations. Um, so, and, and that's really the definition of an MSSP in my mind. So I think it's, uh, it, it's really critical for us to find a way not to overly optimize the industry as a whole into like a specific type of business, because as we keep going, there's going to be more and more disparity between, you know, the, the, the Googles and the, you know, the, the smaller companies that, uh, you know, that just try to get their business day in, day out to just keep going. Yeah, that's a super good point. And your mileage may vary, right? Depending on what your level of maturity is and, you know, the operational capacity you have and the, I mean, the resources obviously behind it. And, um, everybody also likes to talk about democratizing, insert the next word here, but, you know, philosophically, it sounds great, but, um, how do you actually do that? Right. And how do you enable people to collaborate around that? is a bigger question. I haven't seen that really, uh, I haven't seen that really done yet or done well, let's say. And I think, you know, the, to be blunt, uh, the, the larger you are, the more resources you get to throw at this problem. And so technologies like this kind of allow smaller companies to swing above their weight class. Um, you know, it, it helps them act larger than they are without having to make that, that kind of large scale investment, which is, which is huge because I think that the small and mid-sized organizations struggle about making that kind of daily trade off of where am I putting my, you know, money? Where am I putting my people resources? Um, and, and they get very fine points on like, these are the riskiest things I think. And so we're going to go focus on these. And if there's a miss, like, boy, it can be catastrophic. Um, and the big companies, frankly, can just, put frosting on the cake. They just like, we'll just cover everything because they can spend, you know, an insane amount of capital, uh, to do it. And so, you know, the, the ability to, uh, leverage and, and act larger than you are, I think is, is huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So in what ways does the SecOps cloud platform enhance visibility and situational awareness in an enterprise? allowing them to more effectively monitor and secure the organization. Well, part of it is getting closer to that single pane of glass, you know, bringing all the tools into one place and not only just to see what's going on, but then to take actions from that single pane of glass to allow you to take actions to what may be happening in the environment across your tool set. I, I think, I think we're, I think that type of solution in, in one way is sort of raising the floor of capabilities that people can access and, uh, in a way that they can build on top of, right? Uh, I think, you know, in my mind, anybody could go and, uh, you know, buy some, some data lake license and, and pay, you know, a ton of money to really go and throw everything that they own at all times into that. Um, and, and that's, like there's value in that. There's very real value in that. The difficulty I think is in, um, when those types of solutions and like a data lake, for example, 
is you know becomes the product and like the the, the focus point of a of a single company, um, then indirectly I think it means that uh, it's going to be you know partly priced accordingly and like a lot of the value gets concentrated there and not on the hundreds of very powerful visibility you know features that should be on top of that uh, that should just assume that layer. So so in my mind. Part of the idea of, of around the, the SecOps cloud platform is to say, Hey, you know, we need to, we need to move a lot of those features or, or those capabilities as assumptions that, you know, of course they're there and they're not, that's not where the value is. It's not in just accumulating this data, but it's the starting point. So let's make the starting point extremely easy to go and build on top. Yeah. I think the, um, I don't know, infatuation of the data itself and making sure that, you know, it, we can store it and there's enough space and capacity and whatever. Like we've reached a point that all should be table stakes. Like this isn't a hard engineering problem anymore. Right. And, and being able to focus more on, on the capability and outcome on top of that data is, is uh, I think the next step, but it's, it's remarkable to me how many organizations still really just focus on the data itself, uh, and get totally mired down in that. And I, I, I have to check the calendar to see what year it is. Cause I'm like, isn't this solved? Can't we move past this? Isn't it cheap storage and cheap access? Why are we, why are we still concerned? Yeah. Visibility for uh visibility sake, right? Here's my long list of things to consume and okay. I've checked all the boxes. I've consumed it. I'm good. Um, and that is, I mean, all too common, but also, like you said, there's a pricing model around, there's an industry around it. And, uh, when you start thinking about what is that drive, what is it meant to provide for me? How does it actually equate to, you know, exposure or, you know, likelihood of something happening or the things that target me? I mean, yeah, no, no relevance to that. Right. And that's exactly the, you know, the issue challenge and the first gate to do anything else. And ironically, that's where most people stop, right? Great. And, and friend, you can have touched on this briefly, but, uh, you know, what do you guys think of the impact of the SecOps cloud platform on the overall efficiency and productivity of an enterprise security team? And how will it empower them to, you know, more proactively protect the organization? Yeah, I'll come back to that since uh, since I started it. Uh, I think the again the life cycle management of doing something. If I have a a hunt team that spent the time to investigate proactively uh, and understand what's happening, or look for a specific type of threat, or I've looked at this latest uh, technique that's come out uh, related to a, a CISA report, you know, we would say, okay, cool. Um, tell me what's valuable about that. Let me go investigate what that looks like across my visibility, and then. Okay, I want to do something about that. Let me craft something that gives me additional, you know, capability, whether it's a, a detection that should never fire, but if it does, you know, somebody should phone me at home. Or it's a, hey, just, you know, some additional uh, tattletales to help characterize behaviors I might be interested in. And I'd be able to associate that with the context of the business and then relate it back in in a real uh, sense by doing it, right? And then getting real-time feedback on it. Mean, I think that's that to me uh, is when we talk about measured in in times to detect, right? And we think about what those uh, time to respond and we think about all these other industry metrics that actually don't really tell a story about security, but tell a story about operations, right? Sort of reduces that to a pile of rubble and just says, look, 
okay, I found some interesting things proactively. I'm going to go look for this. I can make some changes in, in this particular policy and, and implement this right now. So it means all that stuff just got shortcut down to the reality of doing the work in a very efficient and agile way, which is, I mean, if I were still, uh, you know, if I were still a real security guy, uh, that would make my day every day, right? I'd want to come to work <laughs> just to do that. Yeah, I think that the the tale of misery in so many socks is, you know, I find the same alerts every day, I investigate the same things every day, and and you know, we never make the changes to stop this thing from showing up, right? And it's not stop it by like turn off the switch so there's no detection. It's stop it so that there's a better control upstream that the detection never has to fire. Um, and it's demoralizing to the whole security teams. And and oftentimes it's because as you work your way left in in the process, it, it gets more and more difficult. There's there's more uh, you know energy required, more effort, more resources to fix some of this stuff. And so at the end of the day, the SOC just continues to consume the same alerts and deal with the same incidents over and over. So the more that you can reduce that friction so that there's a clearer path to get to the left to fix the thing, not only are you more secure, but staff retention goes up, quality of life goes up, all these things. Things that you care about, the people side of the team starts to improve, um, and that has a real tangible impact, uh, just as much as the quality of security controls do. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll layer onto that that I, I think everything that that you just mentioned is the reality for a specific team, right? For a specific team trying to achieve specific goals. And what we're also seeing is that there's more different, there's more than one team usually, right? There's more than just, uh, you know, the SOC trying to do threat hunting, but often there's uh, people that might be, you know, trying to look after compliance or are looking around doing some kind of reporting around security hygiene. And, uh, and part of this, uh, part of this, this scaling, I guess, right, uh, that it comes back to is the ability to do exactly what you mentioned, uh, having things, you know, tailored and, and efficient for, for multiple of those teams trying to get to different goals. And, and I think traditionally you, you sort of would have had to approach this at a product level, right? Approach this. Well, I have a product for my people that are trying to get this basic piece of information about, you know, uh, uh security hygiene in my, in my company and the value of looking at this as a generic sort of feature, right? A generic component of this, of this platform is a huge force multiply. And you're doing it in one place, you know, hopefully if you're bringing everything into one place, you know, the, the thing you came up with, Fred, maybe it gets modified three times along the way because you look at different pieces of information so that yes, the alert may look the same, but you've got different things attached to it. And then you can make different decisions to hopefully one day get rid of that alert. That's a super good point. So let me, and, and no names here as, as requested, right? But um, previously, um, where an organization takes that mantle uh, for you, whether it's a managed detection response or it's a, a vendor that offers a SaaS service, right? The orientation around that type of activity where it's not just your team, this is the other important part about it. It's not just your team doing that work, but a vendor providing you those things, right? Without the context of change and then changes happening, right? From a platform perspective becomes something that denigrates. So if you don't, it's the negative side of the value uh, proposition of what uh, a SecOps platform does 
is that it alleviates the concern that you no longer have sort of control and a you know autonomy around the things in your environment, even if it is cloud hosted in that capacity. And that is uh, as a CISO that is so substantively valuable. Um, I mean, vendors get thrown out for that kind of thing, and they and they do. It is a real thing. So the value is both a positive and a negative around the the value of what an enterprise has to maintain from a risk and uh, you know a business risk perspective overall as a vendor as somebody doing the work. So um, I think that particular part sometimes gets overlooked. Just because, you know, we, we, we do the vendor, you know, the third party risk reviews and stuff like this, but we don't think about how that affects operational security and that capacity when somebody changes something. Well, speaking of just speaking of MDR, you know, if you've got an MDR provider, they're just looking at their solution. You know, so they may give you the same alert because all they see is this much data. Whereas you bring it into your SecOps platform, now you can look across other feeds besides your MDR data. Great. Well, well, thank you all. This has been fantastic. I, I have one more question for Matt. Um, you know, what future developments can enterprises expect from the SecOps cloud platform and, and how will we continue to evolve to meet the dynamic needs of the industry? Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a really good question because there's, there's a lot of places that we could go, right? And security, uh, I think the, the SecOps cloud platform kind of con by its concept means that there's a lot of places that it could go. And, and, you know, from, from our perspective, uh, what we're seeing is that we really want to, you know, bring the, the accessibility, bring up the floor, right? Of those, uh, of security solutions, uh, capabilities. And so the, the areas where we want to go is the areas of security that are well understood, um, that, you know, people have been doing for a few years where the value is well understood. Um, and it's, you know, it's become, it's not that it's become like, uh, redundant. I don't want to minimize it, but it's just become understood enough, um, that there's an opportunity for, uh, for us to take care of all of these, uh, all of these features very easily for folks so that the teams can now start shifting their focus onto, uh, you know, higher level, uh, solutions, right? Higher level, more pointed or more cutting edge or just, uh, really focusing on the types of threats that, that, uh, you know, that they need to focus on so that we're not just constantly adding more and more things that a cybersecurity team needs to do. But we're also removing a lot of those things or just making them a lot easier. So that's really the, the focus that we want to go forward is simplify, simplify people's lives, uh, on this without stifling innovation because there's, there's so much innovation in cybersecurity. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you all. This has been a great discussion. We really appreciate it. And that concludes episode number 53 of the Cybersecurity Defenders podcast. If you have any feedback or ideas for future topics, please send an email to defenders at limacharlie.io. You can access the intel we talk about on the show in real time and join the conversation on the Lima Charlie community Slack channel at slack.limacharlie.io. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with someone or leaving a rating or review. And don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from. Thanks for listening in. 
We'll see you on the next episode.